locations are important to God. Physical locations are important to God. In the scriptures, you see people were called to specific locations. Even in uh, the book of Acts, <clears throat> you know, he, uh, you know, God told the disciples, Jesus told the disciples to tarry in Jerusalem till they're endued with power from on high. Well, that's a location, Jerusalem. He didn't say tarry in your house, wherever you live, don't worry about it. He said, go to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where it's going to be poured out. It's going to start in Jerusalem. It's going to pour out over the whole earth, the Holy Spirit. You know, so it's kind of like, if, if you almost see like, you ever see the special effects where they open up a thing and then air comes through and they show it like a cloud and then it covers the whole earth? Like if it was a, like, you know, you're watching some sci-fi movie and it's like, okay, here comes the, here comes the poison, and then it goes all over the, you know. Um, but this is the spirit, you know, the spirit of holiness, the Holy Spirit. So this location they were in was Jerusalem, right? Because, why? Because there's a Jerusalem beneath and there's a Jerusalem above. It's called the heavenly Jerusalem. It's, it's Zion, Mount Zion. So there's a heavenly Jerusalem, and then there's an earthly Jerusalem. It's a city. It's a city from, from God. It's a, it has levels. There's levels in heaven. There is. Uh, you can go to different levels in heaven. Some of the, he some of the levels of heaven are, are very well populated with a lot of people, and other areas don't have as many people. Um, people are enjoying where they are, but they actually can move up levels in heaven. And it talks about that. The Jews knew this. You know, they were t taught it by, by the Lord. So um, so there's these ha levels in heaven. So you have the earth beneath, and you have the heavens above, okay? Now the earth's beneath, the earth beneath is uh, a part of the heaven above. So when you hear someone say, you know, earth is actually in heaven too, in a way it is. Um, the reason that w we see what we see is because the earth got out of joint. <laughs> it needed to be adjusted because it was supposed to have a flow that came from heaven, and it got out of, because you know, it talks about the waters above. You know, there's waters above heaven, and that water comes to the earth to water the earth. So water is a type of the spirit. So you have the spirit above, so you have the rivers of living water, you have the river that flows from the throne of God. The river that flows from the throne of God that flows underneath, and then it comes out in that big river that's in heaven. So from, from what I've learned is that that is actually coming from God himself. That's God's substance coming out. That is him. So it's the river. It's a river of life, and it brings life to the earth, and it brings life to us. That comes from God. It comes from above. So you have above and you have beneath. So locations are important to God because when you're in the right position, you know, when you've positioned yourself in Christ, you're in a position to receive. When you position yourself in the context of how good I am and how many works I've done for God, you're not in a position to receive because you're trying to receive from God based on your own effort. This is... This is the mistake many people make. They wonder, why didn't I receive from God? I did everything right. There you have it. <laughs> because you don't receive based on your work. You receive based on his work. You receive based on receiving what Jesus has already done for you, be it healing for your body, be it some type of, of special blessing that you're looking for in your life. Well, that special blessing comes from above. It doesn't come from your own works. So the more people work to try to earn acceptance and earn the gift from above, the less they receive it. Because they put themselves out of position. It's not like God's it's not like God doesn't want to give it to them. It's they're they're over there. And the blessing's over here. <laughs> the blessing is coming from above. But we think the blessing comes from the amount of work that we do for God. Well, how much have you given? How many how many people have you helped? Are you helping the sick? Are you helping the poor? What are you doing? Come on, God's waiting for you. You know, time's of the essence. Get to, get to work. No wonder you're not getting anything from God. You haven't done anything for him. Is that the way God did it? You know what you did for God when you got saved? Nothing. You did everything wrong. You know, look at, look at, look at Job's wife. You should just curse God and die. That's what she told Job. <laughs> she did. She was, she, she made, Job had some of the worst advice you could ever get. <laughs> he did. He had terrible advice. That happens sometimes. People come in, they give us advice. It's terrible advice. It's terrible. You know what happened when Job got the right advice? When he humbled himself. When he humbled himself and he said, God, I spoke words without knowledge. Then the Lord spoke to him. But he was hearing everybody's opinion. Blah, blah, blah. Opinion here, opinion there. Everyone's like, well, give me your opinion. Why don't you trust the Holy Spirit inside of you? To be led by the Spirit. That's why he gave you the Spirit. <laughs> you want me to read some scriptures about it? All right, well, look at this. Look at this scripture. All right, look at this. This is, uh, it's, a, it's the day of Pentecost. Cheviot, the feast. 
So look, John 7.38. Oh, actually, John 7.37. Yep. Then on the most important day of the feast, the last day, Jesus stood and shouted out to the crowds, All you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Well, no wonder people aren't satisfied. They didn't come to Jesus and drink. How do I drink from Jesus? How do I do that? You got to read a lot of scriptures, Jamin. That's not how you drink from Jesus. Is he revealed in the scriptures? He sure is. Scriptures are very important because it reveals Jesus, but that's not how you drink. You drink by intention of your heart. You take the words of Jesus where he says, all you thirsty ones, come to me, come to me and drink. And you say, I believe that. People are thirsty. That's actually a bad expression in the kids age <laughs> they're thirsty but if you're thirsty for the you're thirsty for water but you're thirsty for living water the living water jesus said if you if you drink from him you'll never thirst again you'll never you'll never go out trying to find that fulfillment in other things people do things they're like what should i do now maybe i'll take up a hobby what should i do now maybe i need a career change what should I do now? Maybe I need a new relationship. What should I do now? Maybe I need to buy a new car. What should I do now? Maybe I need to sell my house and buy another house. What do I need? And what happens when you do all those things? You have a little bit of gratification because you had a change. And then what happens? You know, it's gone. You know, you sell new cars, right? I sold new cars before. I'll admit it. I did. I sold new cars. I did, I did not like selling used cars. I like to sell new cars. I sold new cars, okay? You get that new car smell. You love that new car, right? It's brand new. Mm, you can smell the plastic, the leather, whatever it is. You're like, man, this is brand new. What happens in six months? It's not brand new. Oh my goodness, I got a ding on my car. You know, it's like it's the end of the world now because you, you got so much set. Now, God wants you to enjoy things, okay? But don't go to things to fill that spot where living water goes. People do that with religion, too, by the way. Oh, sacred cows getting tipped over. They go to fill the desire they have for God with religious activity. And there's never enough religious activity to fill that. So they'll say, I'm going to do this practice, that practice, you know, depending on your denomination. I'm going to do this practice, and that's going to help fulfill. Oh, I feel close to Jesus today. Oh, I feel. But, but really, Jesus brought you in. You, you are close to him. So Jesus said, come to me and drink. Come to me. We're going to other things to drink. Don't go to some, oh, this is the, le this is the best new teacher. You should listen to him. Oh, this is the best new teacher. This is what, what I'm talking about. People go to religion. Oh, you read this book. This, this, this guy's got the message. Oh, no, go to this guy. He, he's got the message. Go to this girl. Oh, it, God's speaking through the girls now. Listen to this girl. She's, she's got the message. Girls speak to girls. That's what you have to listen to. They, no, 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 no. You got to go to this seminar. The seminar is where you're going to get it. Oh, no, this guy, he moves in the Holy Spirit. You're going to get it from this guy because he has the Holy Spirit, right? Well, you know who has the Holy Spirit? You. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus said, come to me and drink. I am not against reading books. I am not against going to seminars. I'm obviously not against teaching scripture. I'm doing it right now. But I'm just letting us know, all of us, including myself, that you drink from Jesus. He's the one that supplies the water. He's the one that supplies the spirit. He's the one that supplies the nourishment for your soul. Your soul needs nourishment. People go to me and they go, I'm tired. I say, I know why you're tired. It's because your soul hasn't rested yet. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That is not just a normal sleep. That is the rest that comes from above. Where you cease from your own activity, the Bible says in Hebrews, and you come into Shabbat, which is sabbath jesus said the sabbath was made for man not man for the sabbath people tried to make the sabbath a bunch of rules you had to do this and you had to do that and jesus was like no the sabbath was made for man so that he would rest like the father did on the seventh day where is this rest it's a soul rest it comes from the knowledge of jesus knowing that everything is done 
he is, you are complete in him. And now in that, what we call a seat, it's a place. So a seat is a, is a remember when it says that Jesus ascended and he's seat, seated at the right hand of the Father? So a seat, okay, is a place of authority. You govern from that seat. It's like a throne. You can make decisions from that seat in the spirit. And you can call forth heavenly substance into areas in your life. You can do it. But you do it from the seat of rest which is, I'm complete in him. I'm seated in him. This is an activity that sons of God do, that God is teaching us about. How do we come into this rest? We come into the rest through the knowledge of him. Okay, we have the knowledge of Jesus. Jesus said, come unto me, and another scripture, not the one I'm reading here. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And he said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest. You know when you get the most worked up is when somebody done you wrong. Because you need to get control of that situation. <laughs> I know. I'm speaking firsthand. I get all worked up. And you know what I end up finding out when I'm done? It wasn't like I thought. It really wasn't. Sometimes it was. But usually it wasn't. And usually I just got more worked up than the situation required. Because I didn't go into the rest. So sometimes we're in situations in our life that are overwhelming. Why is that? Because we have no control over them. Well, you've got to get control. Well, what if you can't get control? What if somebody else is involved? You're going to control somebody else? I don't think so. That's manipulation. And some people do that, mind you. They do. If they're in a situation that's over, overwhelming them and another person is involved, they try to control that person. And that is called witchcraft. Don't do that. <laughs> does, the hev does our Heavenly Father use that type of control on us? Then we should not do that to other people. People are free to make their own mistakes. Now, you should guard yourself. Guard your heart. Jesus said, guard your heart for out of it issue, issues life. You know, you, you let things into your, into your air, into your heart, strife, trouble, worry, you know, I have to be careful myself. I get talking about politics and I can see people are getting anxiety. I'm like, I don't, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's not talk about politics. You know, why is that? Because no matter how bad things are out there, they don't get solved by themselves. They get solved from heaven. And honestly, they're already solved. It's a turning. What, did the, what is the gospel? Repent. What does repent mean? Repent means change your mind. Go up to the higher. Penthouse. Repent. Go up to the higher perspective. A lot of people have a low perspective. But the Lord brings us into a place where we can rest in him. Take my yoke, he said. Learn of me. This is why we do our separating the spirit and the soul. Because the soul is worked up sometimes and it needs to come into rest. So Jesus said, on the most important day of the feast, this is the most important day of the feast. This is one of the feasts of Israel. Remember I talked about the feast of Israel? So this is one of the most important ones. The last day, Jesus stood and shouted out to the crowds, all you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Jesus is bold, you know. He doesn't just like, hey everybody, it's me, it's Jesus. Sometimes he gets up there. Sometimes he does, but sometimes he gets up. Why is that? Because he wants everybody in on the party. Come on, party at my house. Let's go. You know, that's what he's saying. Yeah. Rivers of living water. Yeah. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. So here we're, so Jesus is talking about water. And everyone's like, ooh, water, that doesn't sound very good. Should water be coming out of my innermost being? It sounds like I might need to go to the doctor. But he's, but, but so, so John is like, okay, we got you. We got some people, they're only going to see everything naturally. We, we got it, right? So verse 39, Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that believers were being prepared to receive. Jesus is talking about the Spirit. Water is the Spirit. When you have dreams with water, guess what you're dreaming about? The spirit. Usually it's the spirit. Waters can also mean people, the peoples of the world. But a lot of times water is the spirit. You ever go outside and there's snow on the ground and it's all white? 
Oh, that is in a dream. That is the spirit. That's the anointing. <sighs> okay, so just remember this. This is not new. I'm just letting you know this is not new. This Jesus is talking about water, and I say in your dreams it's the water is the spirit. You don't look. People can't look at me like I'm nuts. It's in the Bible. Okay, <laughs> he's showing us how to interpret the dreams. Okay, so Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that believers are being prepared to receive. You know, so so they are being prepared. Well, when did they receive the Holy Spirit? Oh, one day we'll receive the Holy Spirit in the millennium, millennium, millennium. In the future, future, future. You got to work hard to get to Jesus, everybody. Can't don't listen to them grace teachers. They tell you that Jesus finished it. You got to go work hard. You only have to you have to deserve it. God wants to see that you deserve it. You really want it. Well, does he really? Does is that really what God God wants to see you really want it? Guess what he said in Isaiah? You don't want it. <laughs> he said everyone goes after their own idea they nobody seeks god it says in the old testament no nobody does nobody seeks it the prophet said it very clearly nobody's going after god they're going after their own imaginations vain imaginations they make up their own ideas and then they go running after it no one's going after god so god's like i gotta rescue these people <laughs> so he sent jesus to rescue us from our own delusion because <laughs> we were self-deluded severely self-deluded. Don't go back to another religious delusion now <laughs> that you're going to save yourself somehow. You're not going to save yourself. You didn't even know you needed saving, by the way. And then someone said, well, you need saving. Well, how do I save myself? You're not going to save yourself. Jesus saved you. He brought you out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. When Jesus said, come to me, all you who are labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And then he says here, come to me, right, and drink. Hmm. He said it pretty loudly. He kind of shouted it out. <laughs> if you were shouting something really loud to a lot of people, would that carry a significance, would you say? Mm -hmm. Oh, I think it would. If I whispered something quietly in the back room in the, in the ear of one person, would that carry the same significance? Probably not. It's probably just for that one person. Mm -hmm. But if I were to like find like the biggest event that ever takes place in the country. I would climb up on stage in the biggest platform there possibly could be, and I shout at the top of my lungs a message. And you're the son of God? I would pay attention to that message. That's exactly what Jesus did. He, on the feast day, the most important one, and what did he say? He said, drink. <laughs> Drink of me, he said. Taste and see that the Lord is good. That's what he said. This is Pentecost he's talking about. He's talking about something that's about to happen in the very next book in Acts chapter 2. What is this? The spirit, the water. Where is it coming from? Boom. Boom right here. Remember I talk about the gate, the door? Where is it? It's within, right? So where's the river coming from? Within. You are a gate, a door into the heavenly realms. Open up the gates, the Bible says. Let the king of glory come through. Lift up your heads. Open up the gates. Allow the spirit, but drink of the spirit. Come to Jesus to drink. You don't come to Buddha to drink. Buddha don't got nothing. Buddha's, Buddha's all made up anyway. Sure, you know, there's a real guy. And, you know, he had some good stuff from the Lord. He did actually have stuff from the Lord. People don't like Christians to say that, but Buddha did actually get some stuff from God. But he just wasn't right about the rest of the stuff. You know, some stuff he was a little iffy. But some stuff he had right. There's truth in places, you know. Okay? You know why? Because God is no respecter of persons. But if you want to drink of the spirit, the spirit of holiness. You come to Jesus, that's where you drink, okay? So he sent the Holy Spirit, Jesus said. I am going to ascend to my Father, he said in another scripture. And when I do, I'm gonna send the spirit of holiness, okay? Oh, don't talk about spirits, Jamin. It freaks everybody out. Everyone's freaked out about spirits. Well, they're interacting with spirits literally continually every day. Everyone is. But don't talk about them. 
Don't look behind the curtain. See what's going on, really. Well, they're spirits. You should really be jealous of that person. That's a spirit. <laughs> You're so angry right now. That's a spirit. They say all sorts of nonsense. You can be paranoid, being moving by all sorts of lower realm spirits. They say little things, and what are they doing? Trying to stir you up. You got to take the bait in order to go with it. They don't make you do anything. But yeah, they're lying spirits, and they're not holy. They're nasty. <laughs> That's our modern word. They're nasty spirits. They do nasty things, right? Ew, get away, right? But we have an option. What is it? Come to Jesus and drink of the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the holiness that comes from God, from above. Let his presence saturate you. And that river never runs dry. It's a river that comes from above. It's rivers of living water. It brings life to your body. It brings life to your soul. It brings rest. It energizes you. Who likes to be energized? Be like, I drink a lot of coffee. It energizes me. Well, drinking of the Spirit, the Spirit will energize you. And it, you won't come off of it either. You will not come off. Honestly, sometimes sometimes you, you just keep going. I knew a guy one time, okay, a man, a, a minister. And um, he was a minister in the early 90s. He's a very powerful minister. Um, was used by God powerfully, I'll put it that way. And um, they had a massive revival in Czechoslovakia in the early 1990s. And I think 250,000 people gave their heart to Jesus in the matter of like three, two to three weeks. Well, this man preached every day, all day, for two weeks and never went to sleep. He was so energized with the Spirit, he did not need to sleep. Well, when the, that set of meetings, I think it was two weeks, might have been two to three weeks, when that series of meetings was over, he had to go back to the States for a little bit, and he walked, was walking through the airport, and the Spirit lifted off of him, like that anointing that comes on you, and he fell flat on the ground in the middle of the airport and fell asleep. <laughs> so the Spirit energizes us. Now, we can live in that place. There's other people <clears throat> that live like that all the time, and they literally don't have to sleep. They just, they just, they're kind of asleep, but they're kind of awake, you know? But they don't need it because the, the substance they're getting is from the Lord. I'm not talking about insomnia. I'm not talking about where you're like, oh, I have no energy because I can't sleep. I'm talking about living in him. This is, a, this is something that we can learn about, okay? This might not be for everybody right now, but it could be. You know about it. So it could be for you, okay? But it's living off of the life of God, living off the life of Jesus, drinking in of the Spirit where you don't maybe need to eat, maybe need to sleep, right? Now, for some people, if they don't eat or sleep, they'll die because they're not living off of Jesus. They're worrying, and that's not good. But there's a, there's a substitution here. So I'm, I'm just showing you the differences between, the, between these things, okay? So for some people, it's not good. But for, but for others... Like this minister I told you about who didn't need to sleep. He was ministering the gospel. The spirit was on him. Two solid weeks. No sleep necessary. It can happen. Okay? So in many people, this is, you know, verified by many people that were there at the time. Again, like I said, there was like a quarter of a million people came to know Jesus. And one in Czechoslovakia. My dad was actually out there with them. Yep. Afterwards. <clears throat> years afterwards, he came and helped kind of maintain the things. You know what they would do? My dad will tell you the testimony. What they would do is they'd go out into the street. And their, their phrase was, Jesus saves and Jesus heals. That's what they would say. And they were known for this. So they would go out in the streets, stand out in the street corner. They would find a person with a visible ailment, like missing an arm, you know, something you could see. They couldn't see. They were blind. Something very visible. They would come up to them. They would lay hands on them. They would pray for them to be healed, and they would like they would see arms grow out, different things. And the second they would do that, they would build a huge crowd, and people would just start getting healed left and right. And that's how they used to do it. This is in the 90s in Czechoslovakia. That's how they used to do it. People were getting healed left and right. You know, you tell people, Jesus can heal you here in America. They're like, well, you know, I mean, if he wants to, I, uh, I hear something about Job and Paul's boils, but I don't know. I mean, I, or not Job's boils and Paul's thorn in the flesh, but uh, if you say so, uh, that's not for me. That's America. Over there, they're like, Jesus does what? Sign me up. Okay, let's, let's leave religion behind us, shall we? <laughs> it's no fun. 
They're like, listen, the only way we're going to get the gospel is if we get out of America. We have to go to another country because nobody believes it here, <laughs> right? They'd rather have you sit and educate them on the Bible scriptures rather than actually act on just one of them. <laughs> Give me more teaching. How about you act on one of them? <laughs> just pick one, anyone. <laughs> it's the way it is. And what I mean by act is act out of, the, out of what's in you. That's where the substance comes from. You know, everybody's looking to be the next big thing, and there is one big thing. It's Jesus. Jesus is the big thing. <laughs> There's nothing bigger than him. He's been given the name that's above every name. He was raised up above the highest heavens, because there's multiple heavens, as we know in the scripture, and he was raised above the highest one. So of all the heavens, he's higher than all the heavens. That's where he brought us, in him. We're seated in a place. There's nothing we're going to do here on the earth that is going to even compare to what he did. What we're doing is partaking of the divine nature, partaking of him, okay? So all you thirsty ones, come to me, come to me and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. So this is what Jesus was talking about. This is what was poured out on the earth on the day of Pentecost, you know? Now listen, everybody's in different places. And I know sometimes you can be like, well, I'm not going to be condemned, but now we're condemning religious people. Well, if you're religious, just stop being religious. You know what I mean by religious? I mean, like, like you're, 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 um, um, trying to earn some type of favor with God through your activity rather than just accepting what God's given you. That's what I mean by religious. We don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah that's what that means. It means I have to do something in order for God to be pleased with me. You know, and Jesus said, you're pleasing to me. Does that make sense? This is tough for a lot of people because you say, well, well, I mean, I can see some people and I look at them right now and I don't think God's pleased with them. But he is pleased with them in Christ. When people decide to live apart from Christ, their behavior is not God. There's nothing there to work off of. There's nothing happening. But in Christ, you are pleased and loved. You see? So that's the whole point. Reposition yourself to see yourself in Christ and start living out of that. In other words, acting like it's true. Well, that's just acting. Well, no, that's called faith. You stepping into a thing that's of God. Okay? So Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit, right? So we know this. The Holy Spirit, when he was speaking, had not been poured out because Jesus had not yet been unveiled in all in his full splendor. So this is not a future event for us, but it was a future event in John 7:39. So what was this event? Well, it was a pretty amazing event. On the day of Pentecost, Acts 2.1. On the day of Pentecost was being fulfilled. All the disciples were gathered in one place. So this is a day, a very specific day. Jesus told them about this day. He said, I want you all to be in Jerusalem on this day. So they listened to him, did exactly what Jesus said. Because Jesus had ascended. They all watched him ascend up into the air. He floated in the air, Jesus did. He floated. You see the pictures. You know, it has clouds and angels all around him. But that, that was an event. I mean, it's very high. When it's painted, it's very, you know, ethereal looking. Like, it's almost like not real, you know. But, but imagine a person, like you, your friends, your buddies, you know them. You know, you, you've hung out with them for a while. Like, it's been years. You and he... You and he like you basically, they lived together. They lived in the same place. The disciples lived with Jesus. Yeah, they did everything together, you know, so because he's the rabbi. So, so, so he dies, then he comes back in a physical body, and there's 200 people there. And he starts to rise up into the air. And then a cloud covers him up while he's way up in the sky, and a cloud covers him, and he's gone. And they're just standing there. <laughs> so, so he knew they were going to do that. Because they, that was kind of like, surprise, I'm ascending. Okay? So while they're standing there, two men show up that are dressed in white linen. They're men. It doesn't say they were angels. They're two men. Well, who are these men? Well, we talk about the cloud of witnesses. They are men from the cloud of witnesses, but they're called the men in white linen. They're a very specific type of people. You read about them in Revelation as well. That's why they have white. They're cleansed from their sins. These are, these are sons of God, new creation sons of God. So what time are they from? I have no idea. It could be some of them that were raised from the dead earlier. 
We don't know, okay? So there they are, and they're saying, hey, why are you sitting there and looking up in the clouds? He's coming back. Don't worry about it. You go and do what he said. Go to Jerusalem. Do the things he said to do, okay? That just happened, okay? And so now they're just chilling out. They just saw all this. Jesus is not with them anymore. He's in heaven. They saw him go up. The two men in white linen are there, and they're kind of just trying to make plans the best they can. You know, they're like, hey, you know, Jesus is dead. Judas, you know, Judas is dead. Let's, uh, let's get a replacement for him. I mean, should they? I don't know. So they pick another guy. He'll take his place, right? They're just chilling out. And then comes the day of Pentecost, which we know is a feast day. So on this day, it was being fulfilled. All the disciples were gathered in one place. So they're, they're all there, okay? Suddenly, and this is the way of the Spirit, guys. Every single time. <laughs> Suddenly. So that means whenever, it's hard, it's hard to explain. But just know that whenever you have suddenly, you're usually dealing with the Spirit. <laughs> Jesus said that the Spirit is like the wind. Oh, the wind's blowing this way. Now it's blowing that way. Why? I have no idea. <laughs> it's just moving, right? People like to predict. We're very cerebral. Well, I figured the Spirit should move if this happened. Then we'll play the third song. The third song, everybody lifts their hands on. Then the spirit will definitely fall when we play the third song. But we got to make sure we turn the bass up to this level, and then we're really going to feel the spirit. That is all immature. <laughs> I'll say it a nice way. But it's manufactured. We don't need that, right? So the spirit is suddenly. But here's the other thing. Is there's this idea that we have to manufacture something in the first place. It means you don't have it. Did I say that? It's true. If you have to manufacture something, it means you don't think you have it. Well, Jesus didn't ever take back the Holy Spirit. You'll find that out when the Holy Spirit was poured out. That's it. The Spirit is here. The Spirit is all over the earth. It's like that scene, you know, where the, you know, it's like a big cloud. And it goes, and then it covers the, the planet like that. You know, those are cool special effects. But you can see it. There's a Spirit. And now it's all over the whole earth. Well, why isn't everybody filled with the Spirit? Well, you've got to come to Jesus. He's the one that fills you. It's very simple. Well, how do I come to Jesus, Javen? Well, you can pray. <laughs> you can use your words. <laughs> you know, like when you tell little kids, use your words. <laughs> That's the way we are, guys. We're all like this, right? We're all like this. We don't understand because we, we either overthink or we don't think or whatever, but the message is very clear. Okay, so let's, let's see what actually happened here on the day of Pentecost. So we have a suddenly right? Suddenly they heard the sound, verse 2, of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. It's not, it's not a natural sound. This is a supernatural sound. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could hear. So it wasn't like, hey, can you hear that? I think I hear a, nope, it was loud. Because the whole, it's, you know, you can almost think like you have like this, this, uh, you know, uh, door, and you're like, and then you open the door, like, <laughs> there was, there was some pressure build up there. <laughs> so it was all anyone could hear. Then all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. So here you are, and then here's this pillar of fire, and then it separates into tongues of fire. So now there's this big fireball in the middle of the room. Then it starts to separate into little tongues of fire, okay? And then each tongue of fire is engulfing each one, okay? So, so, so now you're seeing, you know, and the scripture talks about us being ministers of fire, right? So, um, servants of, of fire. So the fire is the fire of, of God's love, right? But you can see the spirit like wind and like fire. So now the spirit is on them. They're covered in like this flame of fire, right? It's engulfing them. And they were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. They start to talk, and as they're speaking, words are coming out that are not their language. And they're different languages. It's not like, hey, everybody's speaking Spanish. What? Did you get take Spanish class? No, this is not normal. <laughs> yeah. 
This is supernatural. They are speaking in another language, a completely different language. And well, I mean, that's not the first that they're, they're covered in fire. <laughs> so we got all this going on here. This is this happened on today. Pentecost. Yeah, today. Okay. It is a special day. It's a it's a high holy day. I, I was very surprised that nobody talked about it on, online. But um, this is a very high holy day because this is literally where we are right now. This is the last big, this is the latest and greatest big event. The pouring out of the spirit. I mean, it was so loud. That's all they could hear was, here comes this air. What is going on? And so now here they are engulfed <laughs> in the spirit, right? But where do they came? They came to Jesus. Jesus said, come to me and drink. So he's like, okay, I'm going to come to Jesus. And Jesus is like, okay, next step, go to Jerusalem. And then wait. Oh, people don't like to wait. No waiting. I want it right now. No waiting. Now, we used to teach that to receive the Holy Spirit, you had to wait, just like they did in Jerusalem. Not necessary. You could wait if you wanted. I waited because that's what I thought I had to do. I waited a long time. Everybody went home and I was still praying. I want to receive. I want to receive the Holy Spirit, right? But I was like kind of closed up because I, I thought there was something I had to do. And then eventually I was just like, eh. <sighs> then I spoke in tongues like all day, all night. I didn't stop. I don't even think I could speak in English. I was really, really gone. <laughs> I Listen, those are the best times. This is why. What is he doing when, when you're getting filled with the Spirit? What is happening to you? Well, what's happening is you're changing, right? And now instead of living off of your own energy, your own ability, you're now living off of the Spirit. God always wanted this. People are like, well, you have the Spirit for acts of service. Acts of service, I tell you. No, he just wants us to be filled with the Spirit anyway. It's like it's not this is not something God filling you with the spirit so you can now give into the church system and and help bring more people into the church system so they can build a bigger and bigger system nonsense and that's the reason why honestly in my opinion I'm just giving my opinion now my opinion that's the reason why a lot of people don't have the spirit moving in their church because the second the spirit moved they would want to harness the spirit no good Simon the sorcerer did that not good just saying. People want to know why. First of all, people don't talk about it. And secondly, if anything did happen, it'd be all over the internet. Come on down, everybody. Take a look at what God's doing in our church. But why? Doctrines of men. Followers of men. You see what I'm saying? I don't know. It's something to think about. Listen. God is very gracious. He, do, he, he pours out his spirit on everybody. But I'm just letting you know, there's a lot of this nonsense that goes on too. So you got to be careful. I've been around a while in our circles, maybe not in some of your guys' circles, but in some circles they do this. So anyway, so, the, so, so this pillar is there. They're filled. They're equipped with the Holy Spirit. They're inspired to speak in tongues, empowered. Now, now again, people want to know, well, well because spe speaking in tongues is very taboo. For many denominations, it's for whatever reason. I probably could teach all sorts of stuff, but the second you start start talking about speaking in tongues, everyone's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa hold on there, buddy! Is this a speaking in tongues church?" And you'd be like, uh, "No, we just re teach the Bible." Well, sounds like a speaking in tongues. You know, that's devil tongues. Well, where in the world's talk about devil tongues in the Bible? Don't ever talk about devil tongues. Give me a break. Traditions of men, traditions of men, closing doors. Like, literally, this is the biggest event in the Bible. It really is. But I want you to see what the Lord is showing us. There are other forces out there that keep this stuff from being visible. And they are demonic. And they work in churches. They don't want people to know about this stuff. What a kind of tongue are you speaking in? And listen, honestly, this is super controversial. I don't even talk about it. I can talk about anything. And people are like, well, you know, it's as many. Oh, tongues. Oh, no, not tongues. Not tongues. But look what's happening. They're filled with the Spirit. Come on. I told you the story yesterday, uh, Nancy, about my dad. So back when we were kids, when I was a kid, my dad's a pastor of a church in New York. Now he's a pastor of a church in Savannah. And... Um, when he was pastor of the church in New York, um, he all of a sudden he started getting letters in the mail um, from somebody. And the thing with these letters is he couldn't read them um, 
because they were in Hebrew. And he thought it was so weird. He's like, why are people sending me letters in Hebrew? He's like, but it was to him. So he just was like, eh, I put it to the side. I don't know what that's all about. Because he had a lot of people. It was a his big church, you know. And um, and one day after church, a man comes up to him and he he looks at him and he goes, hey, uh, pastor, why why have you not responded to any of my letters? And he's like, because I didn't get any of your letters. What is your name? And he told him his name. He's like, I, I haven't received a letter from you. He goes, I've been sending you letters for several months now. And you have not responded to a single letter. And he's like, well, I don't remember getting one. And he goes, well, well they're in Hebrew. And he's like, well, well, that's probably why I didn't respond to them. He goes, I did get some letters in Hebrew, but I don't know Hebrew. And the man looked at him and he goes, yeah, you do. He said, I was, I was here several months ago and you were up there praying and singing to God in the most beautiful Hebrew I've ever heard. You speak Hebrew better than my rabbi. He was speaking in tongues. So anybody? It sounds like whatever the language is. There are different languages. And the Bible talks about tongues of men and tongues of angels. So there's actually languages, languages of angels and languages of men. Okay? So this is there. Now listen, I understand that no matter how many of these testimonies people give, there are going to be people that do this and say no. And they'll say no when they're in heaven too. And there's people speaking in tongues all around them. Now, that's a, that's a condition of your heart. Okay? Sometimes there are people that have taught us We've latched onto their teaching so strongly that we cannot hear another opinion. And it's tough. And I understand that. But God is patient. <laughs> and he loves us. And you're still, and guess what? You're still going to heaven. You're okay. God still loves you. But I will tell you that the experience of being filled with the Spirit is awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. And, and we know this is the way to do it, right? So we get filled with the Spirit, and then the Spirit reminds us of the things that Jesus taught us. How do you remember things, Jamin? By the Spirit. That's how you remember things, too. You remember them by the Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord will remind you of everything. Well, i got to remember everything. Well, the Spirit will remind you. You do what you do. Live your life and let the Spirit remind you. So look at this. So they're empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Now at that time, there were Jewish worshipers who had immigrated from many different lands to live in Jerusalem. Just so happens that there was a lot of people there. Now a lot of them were there because of the, of the feast. Jews from all over you know, would come to Jerusalem. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound, it wasn't just the disciples that heard the sound. Everybody heard the sound. The crowds came running to where it was coming from. So it was like a, you know, I don't want to say the word in case they ban me, but it was like some type of ex event took place that had a loud sound to it. And they were stunned over what was happening because not only could they hear that sound, but they could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. So now there's different ways to look at this, but in a way you could almost say that when one person was speaking, they heard it in this language, they heard it in that language, and they heard it in that language. It was, it was being given to them in their own language. And what are they saying? Well, well, here's what happens. They were bewildered. I'll get into what they're saying in a minute. Bewildered, they said to one another, aren't these all Galileans? So that's kind of like saying, aren't these a bunch of rednecks out from the sticks? That's what they were saying. How come, you know, like in other words, these, these, people, are, these people are not educated. How are they speaking in these languages? How are these common folk, you know? So how is it that we're hearing them speaking in our own languages? We are Northeastern Iranians, Northwestern Iranians, Elamites, and those from Mesopotamia, Judea, East Central Turkey, the coastal areas of the Black Sea, Asia. So this is like being in New York City, right? <laughs> you're right there. You're right smack dab in the middle of everything. North Central Turkey, Southern Turkey, Egypt, Libyans, who are neighbors of Cyrene, visitors from all over the Roman Empire, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. They're all there. Yeah, they're all there. Yet we hear them speaking what? of God's mighty wonders in our own dialects. What happens when you're speaking in tongues? You're speaking of God's wonders. You're speaking of his, like a lot of times you can speak in tongues, like you, you just start to pray, right? And then all of a sudden words start coming. 
that you don't know that are not in English are coming from in here. And what's happening? You're just kind of riding on that wave and all of a sudden, whoo, out comes another language. You're speaking praises to God, worshiping God, talking of his wonders, talking of, his cre- of the creation, of the things that he has made, who he is, thanksgiving, worship, praise is coming out in another language. How? By the Spirit. The Spirit is all over the earth. But you've got to come to Jesus to drink. <laughs> but it's so easy to drink. Yes, they do. Absolutely, they do. They all stood there, dumbfounded and astonished, saying to one another, what is this phenomenon? What is ha-? It had never, ever happened before. Never. There has never been a time before that was like this day. You can read through the history books. You can read through the, oh, that's the, you know, I can tell you right now, the Mesopotamians, they all have the Bible in it. This is where, ah, garbage on YouTube, what a bunch of idiots. Those people are fools. And people get on there and watch that stuff and get brainwashed and a lot of nonsense. They are not trained scholars. Those guys on YouTube, you got to be very careful what you watch online. That stuff is, that, some of that stuff is poison. Spiritual poison is being doled out on the internet. And you need to be careful what you listen to. But here's the truth. You've got to go to the eyewitnesses, the people that were there. On the day of Pentecost, that had never happened before. No one had ever had that happen. What is this phenomenon? Now look what they said. Then they poked fun at them. Said, oh, they're just drunk on a new wine. They thought they were drunk. Well, that's because they were overwhelmed with the Spirit. They may have looked drunk. It happens. (laughs) It happens. You can get so filled with the Spirit to overflowing. Peter stood up. So here we go, Peter. He's like, but he's not just going to preach out of here. He is anointed right now. He is what we say, filled with the Spirit. This is where they get the term drunk in the Spirit because they just kind of went with it. You're not really drunk, but what you are is you're so filled with the Spirit that it has um, overwhelmed your physical senses. Okay? That can happen. It can definitely happen. You can actually be so overwhelmed with the Spirit, and what you'll find out in the book of Acts as you start seeing it, that many of them ended up going into trances because they were so overwhelmed that all of their senses were suspended. That's what's called a trance. That is what you end up finding out. Now, in the Catholic tradition, you'll find that many of the saints would go into trances as well. Okay, and Why is that? Because they were overwhelmed with the Spirit to the point where they were suspended. Physically suspended, just like Maria Woodworth Etter, right? She was physically suspended for two days, just like this, preaching. She was in the news and everything. She did not move. People tried to make fun of her. They tried to go up to her and push her. And when they did, the power of God would knock them back onto the ground. She stood just like that. And then on one night, 7 o'clock, the whole place was filled up in the tent, just like it was every night. And she started preaching again right from where she left off two days earlier. She was completely suspended. She was in heaven in the spirit, but her body was suspended on the earth. That is not normal. <laughs> you don't learn that in a, in a university, people. That comes from the spirit. So things happen when you're filled with the spirit that are not very explainable. But one of the first things that happens when people get filled with the spirit is they do speak in another language. Okay. Now they do the speaking Spirit doesn't like, oh, now the Spirit's moving my arms and I don't know what's going on. That's not it. That's not how it works. <laughs> you're in control, okay? Until you're not in control which, when you're suspended. But you, you speak. So I tell people, do you want to be filled with the Spirit with the evidence? You know, we call it evidence. But with, and speak in tongues? Well, first pray. Thank God. And then when you're praying, you're going to sense words coming from within you. Speak those words out. That's tongues. It might just be a sound. Just one sound, you know? Say that sound, and as you do, it'll start to flow like a river. Remember we talked about the bubbling, bubbling up out of you? Tongues is like that. It bubbles up out of you. I tell people, look, I can lay hands on you, and you can receive the Holy Spirit. The disciples did that, okay? You can also just receive the Holy Spirit because he's everywhere. I've had times where I've spoke about this, and I said, everybody lift your hands, and they all lifted their hands, and all 30 people started speaking in tongues. 
instantaneously by the Spirit. Why is that? Well, because we're telling you what happens. <laughs> God, he's no respecter of persons. God does not respect. He doesn't have like, oh, I'm going to do it for this and not for that person. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. Okay? So now look, Peter stands up. He's going to explain some things. He says, listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. You need to clearly understand what's happening here. These people are not drunk like you think they are, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. This is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel, for God says, this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody. Ooh, everybody, everybody gets it. And cause your sons and daughters to prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men will experience dreams from God. They will, exp they will have these dreams and have these visions and then speak in another language. It says this in, the, in Joel. This, he's quoting from the Old Testament, from Joel. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above and mighty miracles on the earth below. Blood and fire and pillars of clouds will appear. Now we have the blood of Jesus, right? We have the fire, right? We have the pillar. We have the fire and the pillar of cloud. That's the type of the glory. Remember how the glory followed the nation of Israel? It was a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. For the sun will be turned dark and the moon blood red before that great and awesome appearance of the day of the Lord. So you have the sun and the moon. What are the sun and the moon? Again, the sun and the moon are governing places, places of government. Okay, you have sun, moon, and stars. If you look in Joseph, talked about the sun and moon and the stars. So something's going to happen. And he's talking about this. You had the fall of the Jerusalem in 70 AD. You had what was happening with Rome. You know, Rome eventually fell as well. So you have all of this upheaval taking place within authorities on the earth. So he's saying, listen, they're not in charge anymore. They're not. Well, why do you think they couldn't stand the Christians? They understood that. The, the, the spirits did anyway. What was happening here? There's been a change of guard. Okay, so they rule their own, but they don't rule the sons of God. Okay, and when you're a son of God, you operate above them. Okay, so anyway, so this is kind of an intro. You know, I want to keep going here, but there's so much here because it's the day of Pentecost. It's a high holy day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know. There it is. It's acts. It's literally the beginning of the church. This is how the church started. It started in power. You can't stick the Holy Spirit in a cage. You cannot control the Spirit. That is the number one reason why people don't teach this. <laughs> Unfortunately. But God has brought us into freedom. Freedom to enjoy the Spirit. Freedom to be filled with the Spirit. Freedom to come to Jesus on our own without any additional help because Jesus is available to every person. <laughs> yeah, so we can love him and he can love us. You know, it's almost like forbidden love, you know? It's almost like you're not allowed to love that person, but Jesus loves me. Well, not unless you come through me first. I don't want to come through you. I just want to love Jesus on my own. <laughs> okay, I'm out of here, you know? And that's kind of how it is, you know? And then until you get to the point where you're like, you know what? I don't care anymore. I'm giving it all up. I'm just going after Jesus. That's when, you're, that's when they say, oh, he's sold out. You'd be like, yep, that's me. <laughs> I don't care. I respect everybody. And I don't want to, and, and, and honestly, some of my words, some people may feel like that that's too hard, you know, but, but honestly, the reason that I say is God does love us. He doesn't want people to be kept away from his love through traditions, and that doesn't, he do, he's not happy about that. I know it's not, it breaks his heart to, to see somebody that he loves so much, but, but the religious system is keeping them from God. The, the very thing that's supposed to be introducing them to Jesus is keeping them out. That's sad, right? But you know what? He's got a solution. He's going to destroy it completely. It'll be completely obliterated and we'll never have to deal with it again. It hasn't happened yet, but it's on its way. I can tell you right now. Because we are free to love God. We are free to love God. And I mention this to people and I say, well, you know, 
you talk about being filled with the Spirit and speaking with other tongues. So you try to tell me that if I don't speak in other tongues, I'm not a Christian. I am not telling you that at all. Because Jesus has saved you. The Holy Spirit is the empowerment. It's just what I say, good times. <laughs> good times with Jesus. You want to really, really enjoy Jesus? Go in all the way. That's the best way. It's the best way. You know, we try to please men. But don't do that at the expense of God. Please God. You know what I'm saying by please God? In other words, do the thing that is in your heart that you know God has spoken to you. Do that thing. You know, you're going to have times in your life where people are not going to be happy with your decisions. Okay? They're just not. They're going to say, you know, I like everything you do, but I don't agree with you. And you'll be like, okay, that's your opinion. You don't have to please men. You don't have to. Jesus didn't. Jesus was not a man pleaser. They were not. Well, listen, if, you're not, if, if they decide that the best move is to crucify you on a cross, you apparently are not a man pleaser. But he pleased the Father because he did everything that was written of him. You see? So we have this. We have the Spirit. Today's Pentecost. It's a good time. It's good times for all of us. I encourage everyone to drink in of the Spirit today. <laughs> just drink in. It's even this afternoon, just sit back and just say like, Jesus, I have no idea maybe even what this means, but I'm going to drink in of the Spirit. And then just start to thank God. He's so good. And you start... Then you start speaking in tongues. <laughs> speaking praise to God. Speaking of his wonders and of his goodness and of his love. Drinking deep of the Spirit. Hallelujah. <laughs> Drinking deep of the Spirit. We love you, Lord. That's something that you want. Just drink in of the Spirit. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He doesn't overcome you and overtake you. He's gentle. He's gentle. Right? He, remember when, when, when he came on Jesus? Like a dove. Now, he wasn't a dove. It was just like a dove. Okay? They have these pictures of a dove coming on Jesus. The Holy Spirit is not a dove. But, but he rested on him like a dove. Gentle. You see? Okay? But powerful. <laughs> so, don't resist. Just receive. Just receive. Okay? And so that could be you praying in your own prayer time. You could pray now. Sometimes people are nervous to pray in public. But if you hear those words in your heart, just start speaking them out loud. And you might say something in English, and then all of a sudden you hear a, almost like a sound in you that may not be English. Start saying that. And as you start saying that, you're going to see more is coming. You're being filled with the Spirit, as the Spirit as the Spirit gives you utterances, and the Spirit will give you the words to speak. Okay? Very simple. I encourage everyone to be filled with the Spirit, just like Jesus. I'm just repeating what he said. He said it very loudly because <laughs> he wanted to make sure everybody knew, come to me and drink. Yes, he gives us peace, and he gives us power. He gives us power. How do you, how do you trans... How do you translocate from one place to another? You know, in quantum physics, you know what it requires? A tremendous amount of power. They know how to do it. They just don't have a power source to get you to go from one place to another. But you know, in the Bible, Philip translocated. He went from one place to another. You know, Elijah, Philip. Yep. Elijah, the same thing. He went from one place to another. Why is that? Well, he had a power source. The Spirit. And where is the Spirit? Right here. You have a power source greater than what quantum physics requires to do what it does. You have it. And so what we're doing is we're cooperating with the Spirit within us, the, the Spirit of holiness. The Spirit of holiness will lead you into holy things, things that are good, that are set apart, that are godly. It's, it's very simple, okay? So on this day, which is a great day to enjoy Jesus, Pentecost, Shaviot, it's a beautiful day. And it's one I think that all of us should celebrate by just drinking in the Spirit every day. 
And you could do that no matter what you're doing. So, okay? So let's close with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for sending Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. We thank you that we are endued. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit to do awesome works with you. Fulfilling the prophecies. Fulfilling your word about the last days. How we speak. How we move in you. We just drink in. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.